Welcome to Headed Someplace, a show where strong, inspiring, enduring women share their stories with us. I'm Kara, and today my guest is also a gal named Kara, Kara Gates. We actually went to the same university in Texas, but we barely knew each other. So this is the longest conversation we've ever had broadcast for you, the world, to hear. Um, A few of you recommended I connect with her, and I don't remember who, but I'm so glad you did. She has a five-year-old boy with special needs and a three-year-old girl, and right now she is 37 weeks pregnant. Here's her laughing midway through a serious part of our conversation because she can't breathe. I keep losing my breath. Like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, my brain's like, you haven't breathed. You need to breathe. <laughs> okay, yeah. Breathe as much as you need to. Do take some yoga breaths for a minute. Right? Okay. <laughs> Speaking of someone who can't breathe, I'm like hyperventilating every time I laugh, which y'all, you regular listeners know by now I got a good <gasps> at the end of every one of my laughs. So sorry, not sorry. Well, I mean, I am sorry, but I can't change it. It's a fact about me. Take it up with God. Okay. So we talk a lot about what it's like parenting a child with special needs. Y'all, I think it's so important for us with typical kiddos to learn how we can love and serve our friends with special needs. She also shares about the miscarriage they experienced in the last year And also, she shares about her sweet dad who lives right down the street from them and how they've been dealing with his terminal cancer diagnosis um, and how he's inspired Kara to take a different outlook on life. I am so inspired by the energy, y'all, that she puts into her kids. You're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. So hope you guys enjoy our conversation. Okay, so start out by telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do in life. Okay. So I'm a mom to two kids. One of them is special needs and he's five and a half. And then I have a three and a half year old daughter. And they're cute. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) They're crazy. Um, They're sweet, but they're crazy. Um, So I, I'm like a, I call it like a fake stay at home mom. Did you say a fake stay at home mom? Yeah. Okay. We're really blessed. Levi, um, basically he has hopped careers a ton and just started doing like the entrepreneur thing, which I never thought I'd be married to one. Yeah. So he's, um, on his second company and it's doing really well, um, which is good because it helps with all the special needs bills. So I can stay home with the kids, but Jude has so many therapies that I'm never home. So I feel like I have, yeah. So I can be with the kids, but basically we're gone. Like, yeah, you're working the whole time. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. We, we leave the house at like eight in the morning and I get back at five. And yeah. Wow. So. Yeah. So that, yep. That's your real job. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad that I'm able to be with them and that I'm the one taking them to everything. For but sure. Um, For sure. But yeah, I'm not home. <laughs> yeah. I guess that is like more unique than, cause typically with like a five-year-old and did you say, tell me your second one's name. Brielle. Brielle. How old is she? Almost three. She's three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. So with like little ones like that and staying at home, that would not be typical. Like you you hear of like teenager moms or like preteen moms being like, I'm just a shuttle bus and I shuttle everyone around. But that's kind of you from the beginning, huh? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Jude does eight therapies a week in the mornings. Well, some in the mornings, some in the afternoons. And then he goes to school every day for three hours. And then Brielle goes to preschool twice a week and then has dance because we thought, well, that's not fair. She thinks Jude's doing all these like really fun things when really they're all therapies. She's like, he's riding horses. I'm like, okay, I guess we'll put you in dance or something. (laughs) And it just kind of adds to the schedule. So yeah, we're we're just driving around and um, 
Yeah. All all good things. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Well, I want to hear a lot more about that. But first, the first question I ask every guest is to tell us a random fact about you that not a lot of people know. So what is your random fact? I don't know how to like word this, but I love and Levi and I love together. We love to like travel uncomfortably. Oh, so like I grew up traveling with my family. And then in college, I thought I'm going to go study abroad, but I don't want to do it with anyone I know. I want to go like wing it. And so I went with Harding for a semester. Okay, because you so Kara and I went to the same university, Abilene Christian University. So you went with a different university to study abroad. I did not know that. Okay, cool. Well, I just thought it'd be fun. I was like, I won't know anyone and I'll have to like, I don't know, it just sounded like an adventure. Yeah. And so that was fun. And then the following summer, I was like, I'm going to do it again and I'm going to go live in China and I don't want to know anyone. And so I went <laughs> and lived in China. I went with three other girls that I didn't know. And we were supposed to be like assistant teachers, like sit in the back and help with handwriting. Okay. And we show up and they're like, uh, welcome. You know, we have a special... Um, like circumstance for Kara and they're like having me stand up. And I'm also like, I had people like following me, like crowds of people following me. there, taking me pictures of me. Cause I'm like 10 feet taller than everyone <laughs> in the whole country. <laughs> so I'm like, already super awkward. I stand up and they're all like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so but they had just fired a teacher and they were like, you get to teach 200 kids all by yourself. Here are lesson plans. Bye. Whoa. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Which, by the way, how tall are you? I'm 5'10". Okay, so people can get the picture. Okay, 5'10". I am very tall, but the, everyone over there is like up to my waist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so super tall. So anyway, I had to like, and I had a completely different schedule than the people that I went with that I didn't know. So I was kind of just like in China by myself teaching people English, and I wasn't a teacher, and I didn't know how to teach them English. So <laughs> it, was, it was a whole huge mess. But That's so funny. now that we're adults, we love to like try to go out of the country once a year and we use those like bargain sites where you can get really good deals, but we want to go places where like no one speaks English and there's no tours and we have to like wing the whole thing. Oh, fun. Do you guys try to go you and just Levi by yourselves? Yes. Yeah. That's um, good. It'd be cool to like bring the kids one day, but yeah, and normally by that time we're like, we just want to get away. We need a break. Yes, for sure. I think it's so good for people. So good for both of you. Like it's good for the kids it's good for the couple you know yeah so where have been like some of your favorite places you've gone with Levi um we did we've been really into Asia lately so we did like we've been to China three times we did Thailand Singapore Bali oh my gosh um we did Africa together that one was fun we've done Costa Rica that's awesome you guys really have like once a year <laughs> gone somewhere we tried it once um Jude was here, like when he was really little, he had a lot of medical needs, but it was easier for people to take care of him. Okay. But as he's got kind of older, he has more like mental needs. Okay. And so it's been and then our daughter, um, people everyone asks like who's harder? And I'm like, I Brielle might be harder than she, <laughs> she she's she's just so sweet, but um she's nutty. She's so so nutty. And so it's been a little harder for us to leave. Because we don't have, our families just aren't volunteering to take them for a week. I don't know why. <laughs> Rude. Just kidding. My children, because I want to go somewhere. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you're pregnant right now with your third. And when are you due? April 9th. Okay. So coming close. Are you having a boy or a girl? Girl. <gasps> Fun. That's so exciting. Okay. And you, you said this will probably be the last one. 
Oh yeah, I'm having my tubes tied. You are okay. <laughs> we leaving nothing. I really wanted um, with Jude. We didn't realize that he was special needs until after he was here, but he stopped growing. And so they made me have a C-section with him. And then I tried for a V-back with Brielle and then I got shingles the day before and they were like, nah, no. So, oh, wow. <laughs> so I have to have a C-section with her and I was like, well, that'll be fine. Then I'll just have them tie my tubes while they're, there you go. While well, they've got you open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So you guys had, but you guys had some loss in the last year too. Yeah. Do you mind telling us about it? No, we've had a, really the past five years have just been kind of um, insane. Like our family just kind of laughs about it now because we aren't really sure. We don't, it gives me more peace to like not have to explain stuff or figure it out. Kind of like, I feel like before I'd be like, why is God doing all of this? And now it's kind of nice to be like, life is just crazy and God will be with me through it all. Yes. Yep. Helps me go through it easier. But um, yeah, so we got pregnant super easily with my first two and then decided we wanted a third. And it took us like we've been trying for almost a year. Mm-hmm. And then um, we tried Clomid. Is that for ovulation, right? Yeah, for okay. ovulation. And they yep. said like one in 10 people might experience multiples. And I had always wanted twins, um, preferably before I had my first two kids. But yeah. I was that could be cool. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we found out I was pregnant and, um, it was, it was kind of a really strange situation. We go into the office and they're like, and it's not one, you have at least two babies in there. At and least. Levi- <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. And I'm like, cool. And Levi's like about to throw up. Like, <laughs> and, um, but then they started bringing in more and more texts into the room and they're like, it doesn't look normal. Like we see one heartbeat and the other one is just a blood mass. Hmm. And so we're like, well, what does that mean? And so they said that they thought that I had a twin molar pregnancy, which happens to like one in a hundred thousand people. Wow. And so it's basically like one live baby. And then the other sack has cancer, like hmm. a tumor mass. And so they told us they were like, 10, 10 to 15% of the babies make it full term, but they said it, it doesn't come well because of the blood mass and um, you're at constant risk of rupturing. And yeah. so then they're like, you can bleed out and the baby will probably die and you might die. And we were like, Whoa. Oh yeah. So lots of, um, so I had to figure out like, okay, so we spent a couple weeks, like just praying on it because, you know, all the doctors are like, you should abort, you should, you know, like, like you might die, your baby will probably not live either. Yeah. But, um, we had like, ever since having Jude, like we feel so strongly that, um, and I don't, I don't judge. I have friends that have had abortions and I love everyone. Like I'm not judging anyone, but we just love, love Jude. Mm. We're like, we just can't, we just can't choose that. Like, we're just gonna, we'll we'll just have peace at it. And so we made lists like, okay, like if I'm at these certain therapies, what are the closest hospitals in case I bleed out? And who do I call? And if I'm over here, like, anyway. Um, so then we spent a couple weeks just kind of worrying about that. And we went in for another ultrasound and the baby was gone, but I had, I was mm. super strange. So I had miscarried. So they had me do a DNC and send everything off for testing because if it was a molar pregnancy, they have to test you every month for a year to make sure the cancer doesn't come back. Wow. So they sent it off for testing and came back and they're like, just kidding. It wasn't a molar pregnancy. You don't have cancer. You lost triplets. <gasps> wow. <laughs> I-, I laugh. I'm like, I'm telling you, but. It partly makes us laugh because we're like, I have a different take on miscarriage than I think a lot of people. And I don't know if you want to leave this in or not, but just with Jude, like 
we are, we love him so much and we're so proud of him and we would do anything for him, but we know how hard it is for special needs kids just to fight to live, you know, Mm -hmm. like every little thing that they're doing just to like function. 80% of miscarriages can be chromosomal abnormalities. And so we just kept thinking like, if God, like Mm. if this baby was going to have that many problems on earth and God wanted that baby, like happy and whole in heaven, like we just have a piece about that. Like like, he's dancing in or she, you know, is dancing in heaven and just doing well. And so, um, part, part of it is we feel like that. And then the other part is like, (laughs) I wouldn't have been able to leave my house for like five years because How do you bring like triplets in public with a wheelchair and a crazy toddler? Right. <laughs> There's no, yeah. We were like, we would have had to stock the bar shower and I would have just lived at home for like <laughs> stock the bar. Years. That's a great idea for a shower. <laughs> if someone has multiples when they're trying for one more kid, I think that should be a prerequisite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Wow. Yeah. So you guys do have a unique perspective on it because you're like, wow, well, you know what? This baby is whole and healed in the presence of God or these babies, multiple. And and if he chose to give us triplets, then I would have been like, all right, like he's going to figure out a way to make this work, you right. know? Right. If I, we just, I don't know. Like, I mean, we, we can get more into it later, but our our lives have been so nutty these past five years. That like kind of with whatever he's been throwing at us lately, we're like, all right, like that's what that's what it is now. Yep, so. yep, yep. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So can you let's go ahead and talk about having Jude and you had a normal, healthy pregnancy. Yeah. So I had a normal pregnancy up until about 34 weeks. The nurse practitioner came in and brought out a measuring tape. And I was like, what are you doing? And she's like, they should have been measuring your belly the whole pregnancy. And I was like, oh. So I had it, um, my OB-GYN kind of like winged it, I guess. And so the nurse practitioner at 34 weeks was like, your belly's not growing as big as it should be. And they said that I had IUGR, interuterine growth restriction, hmm. which just happens randomly. And so they decided, they monitored it for a couple more weeks and decided he wasn't growing and to go ahead and induce me. And they said too, when they did tests that his head was measuring a little bit small. Okay. Um, so once he was born, they did tests on his brain and on his head and did some scans and everything came back normal. And we'd been asking for a lot of prayers about that. So we were like, cool, everything's great. And then Jude turned about four months old and he still couldn't lift his head and wasn't focusing his eyes very well. Mm-hmm. And the um, pediatrician was super sweet. We were um, in Austin where both of us grew up and mm-hmm. um, he and I knew each other really well. And he was like, you know, this is something that's could be a concern, but I'm not really worried about it. We can wait and see, or we can run tests. And I was like, no, run all the tests. Mm-hmm. And so we um, took blood tests and figured out that he had Creutzfeldt-Shaw syndrome. So it. Um, oh wait, say it one more time. Creutzfeldt-Shaw. Okay. So yeah, one out of fifty thousand randomly. Okay. It affects um, mental, physical. Um, some of it can be similar to autism. But a lot of the kids, like the spectrum is so wide. Whenever we got his diagnosis, they were like, he might never walk. He might never talk. He'll probably live with you forever. Um, And they were like, or he could be typical. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Cool. No clue. And they're like, but most doctors will have never dealt with him. You'll have to explain it to every doctor you see. Wow. So we have learned like the older he gets that there are a lot of kids that are with it that are more typical that you can't really tell and they don't have as many sensory issues, but the big majority have um, a lot of sensory issues and mental issues and um, 
Okay. Physical issues. Yeah. Like in wheelchairs or can't hold their heads up or organs don't work correctly or. So did you, whenever you got the diagnosis, what were you feeling? Um, I felt like death. Yeah. <laughs> we, um, just horrible. I went through so many, I mean, I know all the stages of grief, but I went through at the very beginning. I was like, I'd had such a good, like positive, joyful, I felt like life. Mm. And so it was so strange to me, like I've kind of figured out more that um, I knew that life was hard and I knew that life wasn't fair, but I thought that all of trials had like endings. Mm. So that was a really (laughs) weird one for me to kind of figure out because I was like, okay, like my dad's had two rounds of cancer, but cancer has an ending. Like you fight Mm. through it and you win or you fight through it and you don't, you know? So the idea of like a diagnosis that was lifelong, that would be there forever was really, really hard for me to wrap my head around. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What have been some like highs and lows of like watching him work through this and grow? I know you guys have seen some really cool things in the last, I don't know, year or so. So what have been some of like the hardest and most joyful things about Jude and watching him struggle through this? Yeah. um, He's the thing about him is like, he's so happy. Like he doesn't know he's different. And he doesn't care. I love it. <laughs> we'll be out in public and he'll be acting super strange and doing something super weird. But like, you know, like Levi and I could get embarrassed, but Jude doesn't care. So we're like, no, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He's licking something else or he's throwing something so. or yelling something or anytime we're around water, like, well, we can't go to restaurants that have water fountains because he tries to dive straight in them, <laughs> which when he was really little, I was like, it's so cute. And Levi's like, no, like you're telling like other people, parents are going to be mad that you're like letting your child in the water fountain. That's going to want all the kids. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, but, so, so when he was really little, he just had so many physical needs. Like his, we had to patch his eyes all the time. His eyes couldn't focus. Um, he would aspirate liquids. Like he would drink something and it would go straight to his lungs. And so we had to thicken foods, um, thicken liquids. He's been in therapy since he was four months old every single day. I had an amazing OT when he was little that um, told me that I needed to do two hours of home therapy a day mm-hmm. um, on top of everything else. And I was like, all right, I have nothing else to do. Like I'm, you know, I'm a stay at home mom. This is going to be my job. And so I would sit on the floor for two hours a day and just lift his head up and down, up and down. And we'd try to watch movies or wow. we, so our biggest prayers when we got his diagnosis, we were like, we want him to walk and talk like Mm. Any anything else is a bonus. Um, yep. And so now that he's bigger, like he's almost walking on his own. He's doing really well. Which I saw uh, a video on your <laughs> Facebook and I loved it. <laughs> he like throws his arms straight up and does like a little zombie walk. <laughs> so it's cute. So cute. It is so um, cute. And he feels like too, like it makes us laugh, but he like, I, th- I think his brain is working so hard at getting his legs to work that if he doesn't realize he's making noise. So he'll like talk while he'll be like, like when he starts to walk. Precious. So yeah. Yes, I love it. Um, so he's doing really well at that. He's doing like two or three word little mini sentences. It kind of worked out well. I'm extremely type A. And so I was like, um, we will do basically we got the diagnosis and we were like, we want no regrets. Like we want to know if he's going to live with us forever. However, he turns out like we want to know we did everything we could so we can just be happy with how he is, you know, like not wish I'd done this and maybe he would have walked or maybe he would have whatever. And so we were kind of like balls to the wall, like possibly do. So we've, um, I have a lot of special needs friends and they're all like, you're insane. Like you don't need to do that much, but it's, 
It's it's been really good for him. So we do, we were driving twice a week to Austin to Dell Children's Hospital for PT and OT. So that's three hours round trip. So we were doing six hours a week doing that. And then speech and feeding twice a week here in New Braunfels. Um, he rides horses for hippotherapy once a week. And then we do swim twice a week. Wow. I know. it. I mean, I know that's so cr- I mean, don't know. I can only imagine that that's so crazy. And I can also see how your daughter would be like, uh, I want to swim and ride horses. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, let me on the horses. Well, and it's bad too, because like our, the hippotherapy place we found, they are so sweet. And Brielle is like the most outgoing kid you will ever meet ever. We've been working on stranger danger with her. And she's like, no one is a stranger. Like I'm going to make friends with everyone. She gets like special treatment everywhere we go. Like the old hippotherapy place would like let her on the horses after, which is totally illegal because you have to like sign all these forms and stuff. (laughs) So are you saying hippotherapy? Hippo. Hippotherapy. Okay. You have to explain that. What is that? It's just him riding horses. So they do occupational therapy on top of a horse. So cool. Yeah. Like ride him around and have him work on like moving toys correctly or verbalizing stuff because it's hard for them. They'll say like while they're walking, their speech will stall because their body's focusing so hard on one thing at a time. So hippotherapy, I don't know why they call it that, but yeah, it's trying to incorporate a bunch of things just so their brain is kind of on overdrive. Wow. That's so fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he's doing so good. He loves it this year. Last year, he screamed the entire year, but we were like, (laughs) suck it up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hey guys, quick break to tell you a few things. First, huge thank you and shout out to Mariah Ross. I've never met Mariah in person, but after listening to my last podcast, she reached out to me and volunteered to write my episode show notes. You guys, it's such a gift. Gave me some time back. So thank you, Mariah. Also, I just want to say that Kara and I both know that everyone handles grief and loss and miscarriage differently, and that is 100% okay. Some of you may feel the same way as Kara, that it was a merciful thing for the baby to be whole and healed and with Jesus. And some of you may feel that way, but it doesn't take away the pain or sting of loss. So regardless of your experience, for all of you listening who have lost a child, I'm so, so sorry. I'd also encourage you to listen to episode 19 titled Permission to Grieve with Jennifer Gerhardt. I think you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Okay, lastly... Come say hi to me over on Instagram at Kara Don Z. That's K A R A D A W N Z at Kara Don Z. And let me know that you're listening to the show. I love to share with the guests how you've been encouraged by them, sharing their stories. What's crazy to me is that pretty much all of these women feel like they don't really have a story to share and are very hesitant um, to think that they have much to offer. And what's so cool is that people are encouraged by them like crazy. And so I like to let them know that. So I not only want these shows to encourage you, the listener, but I also want them to be a blessing to the women who are bold enough to share their most vulnerable moments of their stories with a bunch of total strangers. Thank you guys for listening. Just come say hi to me on Instagram. Let us know that you're listening and tell me how Kara encouraged you so I can share that with Kara. So, okay, so having a first kid is a big transition in marriage regardless. And then you add some difficulties of having special needs on top of that. What did that do to your marriage or how was your marriage through that at the beginning? Um, it was kind of unique for us because we, 
Yeah, like the transition to a first kid was hard, but it was completely different because I was like living and breathing this kid, like trying mm-hmm. to keep him alive, trying to keep him from, you know, like making sure he's breathing correctly and mm-hmm. um, like he can poop or anything correctly, like every medicines and he's seen so many specialists and teams like every so many months to get tests and x-rays. And so I was all in, like all about that. And then Levi was starting this first company. And so he was leaving at five in the morning and getting back at like eight 30 at night and then staying up and working on reports for a couple hours after that. Yeah. So we kind of didn't see each other. Yeah. I think it was hard too. Cause we were both processing it completely differently. And I don't, I don't know that there's a good or bad way in raising your kids a certain way with this, but my family was really big on justice. Hmm. Um, and so my mom was always like, you look out for the underdog and you look out for someone who's not being included and you look out for the special needs people. And so like my sister and I have always had an eye for like noticing that and trying to pull them in and, and Levi's really good about that too, but his family raised him more, um, they're more blunt. And so Levi said he grew up hearing life isn't fair and then you die. (laughs) (laughs) That is so negative. Right. Oh, that is so funny. We got the diagnosis and I was like, what? Like, this isn't fair. Like, this isn't fair to me and like my life. And this isn't fair to Jude. Like, this mm-hmm. isn't yeah. what I dream for him. And Levi's like, life isn't fair. And so yeah. he was like completely, I mean, obviously like he wishes Jude didn't have that syndrome, right? but he was able to like move past it so quickly and just love Jude where he was at mm-hmm. so much quicker. Mm-hmm. Whereas I was every milestone. I used to like print out these giant sheets and like check off every single one, like, okay, three to six months, they're supposed to be doing this. And I was like, okay, we're one month behind. Like we can get to, and it's so much stress and pressure that doesn't need to be there versus Levi just being able to be like, Jude can be Jude, you know, it doesn't matter. So yeah, his, he probably, well, it sounds like I don't want to put words in his mouth. He's probably able to, to not disconnect from his emotions more, but his emotions were a little more like in check. Cause he's like, well, this is the cards that he was dealt and we're going to roll with it. Yeah. So yeah. he's, he's always been really good about that. So he's um a little more stable than me, but <laughs> it's, it's good. He helps balance me out. Yes. Amen. Praise the Lord for stable husbands. Yes. <laughs> I feel yeah. Um, yeah. But it takes both of us because then there you are being really attentive to all the little needs. And so it's a sweet little balance. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to imagine you know, myself in your situation and thinking about how, how do you not get overwhelmed by the future? Um, or do you get overwhelmed by the future? I, this year has been really interesting for me because I feel like I feel so much more at peace with everything. I feel like before, like I was like fighting everything so hard for that peace. And then this year I was able to kind of think about things more like, okay, God, like I not accepting, not kind of accepting what you've done and finding blessings in all of that versus trying to force the blessings that I wanted into everything. Mm. Um, it just helped me, I don't know, process everything a lot better. Yeah. Do you think about like Jude and his about to be two sisters? Do you think about, I don't know, do you worry at all about like what their relationship will be like as they start to understand more that he's not the same as them or and if I say anything offensive, I'm really not no, trying no, to be. No, no. I just want to understand. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't get offended easily. Like okay, I really do. like people. I love when people come and talk to me and people ask. And I, I think that's one thing too. Like I always 
talk to my friends about, they're like, my kids are asking weird questions. And I'm like, but at least they're talking to Jude, you know, like they're, they're like, why, why don't his legs work? And are they broken? And what's going on with his feet? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know why he's wiggling like that, but he would love for you to play with him. Yes. No clue. So no, I'd much rather people just ask that. Um, no, I don't with Brielle. Like we were kind of like, as she's grown up, we're like, this is the way your brother is and you're going to love him and you don't have a choice. Yep. So, <laughs> but I feel like that's good for like all siblings too. Cause even with a sister, oh gosh, yeah. like your sister might be crazy too. And you're going to love her for how she is. Right. <laughs> right. Crazy Brielle. And we love you. So <laughs> yes. you totally have a choice. So and I think it'll be interesting for her as she gets older because Jude does do a lot of um, things that aren't like socially like normal you know, like he loves, yeah, to play in water or sometimes he'll do like random screeches or, you know, I talked a lot about when he was little, he had all these physical challenges. Now that he's getting older, we're learning, um, like a lot of creepy shock kids deal with, um, a lot of mental challenges. And so he gets, uh, like sensory overload and gets really stressed and can hit his head on stuff. Mm, yeah. And so trying to find medicines and stuff that'll help with that. He's in behavioral therapy and all this different stuff, but so part of it's a safety issue, but part of it also is like, why, like, why is your brother hitting his head on the wall? And we're like, we don't know. Like we're trying to help him. And, you know, yeah. um, so I don't, you know, it'll be interesting um, to kind of see as she gets older, like we're, you know, teaching her, you, you don't have to be embarrassed about other people's actions. Yes. Like whatever he's doing has no reflection on you, but we're, we're already talking to her about like, like Jude's, Jude's older than you, but you're the big sister. Like you're the protector. Hmm. Like you help take care of him. So, and you were, you have, you have no choice. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Is there anything that you, like you mentioned, like your friends, um, kids being like, Hey, well, at least they're like talking and asking questions and, you know, wanting to play with him. Yeah. Like, are, is there anything that you wish that people would do or not do? when they like meet or see Jude or interact like because I'm thinking like how can I as a mom I know that the the tech I guess the technical term for people without um especially is like typical peers like a typical peer anyway I don't know I'm learning all the things but uh so like how so like how I don't know what would you like for people to be like or act like or or not do or not say um, the, the, the word retarded is like horribly offensive mm. to a lot of special needs parents. It, it just seems so, um, I don't know, just so hateful, mm. but other than that, like, and nothing, seriously, nothing bothers me. Like my biggest thing is just talk. Like it doesn't, even if you're saying the wrong thing, if you're saying it out of love, like, cause you want to say hi, or you want to include them or just yeah. any, anything is nice. Sweet. Yeah. So we've worked on that with Brielle. She's so good about it. Like we're up at Dell Children's Hospital and she's always around special needs kids and she'll walk up and she'll be like, I like your pretty tube because someone will be like, has a trace that's coming out of their throat, you know, to help them breathe. And she's like, I love pink. Oh <laughs> she, my gosh. She'll like just talk, just talking to people and like complimenting things or asking about their day or. um. That like makes me want to cry. Just the sweet, like innocence of a child. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. She has the sweetest heart. I think more than anything, like Jude is a blessing in so many ways, but the way that she gets to grow up around him and learn like patience and acceptance on a whole other level. Mm. Like I'm, I'm so happy for that, for her. Like she has the sweetest heart and just loves on everyone. Yes. So you guys are like, 
I mean, super busy, about to be even more busy. What have been... (laughs) Good luck. No, I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) How have like friends and family stepped in to support you guys and help you guys? Well, everything's kind of twisted around for us right now. My dad got um, stage three prostate cancer Mm. right before we got Jude's diagnosis and then beat it. Um, And then we ended up moving down to New Braunfels and got Jude's diagnosis. And we got my sister's entire family. They um, do antique roadshow and like have a business off of that. And so they moved, they were living in China, teaching English and working with the business. And they got, we got Jude's diagnosis and they left China and moved the entire business down to New Braunfels. Wow. So yeah, like our family's really close. So they're here and then we moved my parents down and then my dad just got stage four pancreatic cancer. Oh man. So, and it's, it's terminal. So there's no, there's no cure. So we're kind of all twisted. Like we're all helping each other because we're all a mess. Yes. (laughs) We laugh a lot because like Brielle's the most dramatic person in the family, but like everyone else in the entire family has stuff except for her. And we're like, what? You (laughs) (laughs) You don't have reason to be dramatic. (laughs) Right? (laughs) She just loves it. She just takes on everyone's drama. Yeah. Yeah. So we got my, we moved my parents down here and then Levi and I found a lot right around the corner from them. And so we built a house, like hoping that we could help them too, like as they, you know, as the cancer progresses or whatever. But um, that's been another miracle. He was given six months, no chemo and 12 months with chemo. And he's at almost three years right now. Wow. Did he do chemo? Yeah, he did chemo. He's done clinical trials. Like the doctors don't know what to do with him. So they're (laughs) at the point where they keep telling him, they're like, all right, we've been practicing 30 years and you have lived longer than anyone we've known. Wow. You're doing better than everyone we've known. Like he's done two rounds of clinical trials and they're like, no one, no one's ever lived through two rounds. So we don't know what to do now. Wow. Um, but he's still feeling great. So. Wow. Really thankful. Mm-hmm. How crazy. Yeah. We've been having like every year we have like a giant party for him and like pull people down to celebrate like, all right, you're two years post-diagnosis. Like you're doing mm. so good. And, so sweet. So I, I like stalked you on Facebook and looked at pictures and I see him in a lot of them with your kids. And I'm like, uh, it made me sad when you told me that he has cancer again. But, and I didn't realize what kind or that was terminal, but I'm like, oh, he seems like he has a really sweet relationship with your kids. They're so, they're so good with the kids. They had, um, my daughter out to their house to have like a sleepover recently. And we were like, what a blessing that my parents get to live so close that both kids grow up knowing them. And Jude, we didn't know if Jude would ever talk and he can call them Nana and their names are Nana and Big Steve. And he calls them Nana and Beep. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> Nana and what? What does he call them? Beep Beep, like a car. Beep Beep. <laughs> yeah. Nana and Beep Beep. I kind of like that better. You like wake up in the morning and I'm like, what do you want to do? Are you hungry? And he's like, Beep Beep. I'm like, no, you have to like <laughs> hang out with your mom. Like I'm cool too. <laughs> Oh, that's so precious. Um, Okay, so you mentioned like having a pretty comfortable life and there being an end to trials and like your, which is so interesting how you phrase that. I'm like, yeah, I guess I would have always thought that too before our first hardship in our family happened. But um, how has that like changed your relationship with God or your conversations with him? Like, do they look different now? Yes. So we got Jude's diagnosis. So I kind of went through a bunch of different stages where I was like sick to my stomach, like crying for days on end, like couldn't function. Mm. And then I remember waking up one day and I was like, all right, God, like, if this is what you have for me, like, I'm going to live the best life that you've given me. Like, I can do this. This will be great. 
Um, and then a month later, I was like, never mind, this is horrible. <laughs> it's like an every other day thing. <laughs> yeah, like, never mind. But like, so I've kind of gone in and out with that. But then a couple years into the road with Jude, like I was just livid. Like hmm. Levi and I both were like, we don't want to go to church. We don't want to be around people. We don't want to, like, it was, it was really hard for us for a while to go do um, small groups or little fellowship groups or whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, have all these prayer requests, like my dad got diagnosed with cancer again. And his one wish is to live long enough to see our third baby. And mm-hmm. um, we really want you to walk and talk. And people are like, I really want it to not rain on my kid's birthday party. And there's <laughs> nothing wrong with praying for that. Right. But I remember being like, you I'm going mean? to punch everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, I don't know. I think especially this past year, we're like, everything's gone wrong. Um, mm-hmm. Like they've been monitoring me for cancer and then they had to stop because I got pregnant and they can't. And so they're like, hopefully nothing happens. And I'm wow. like, hope not. Like, I swear, like this, this, it just, life is just crazy. And mm-hmm. so I feel like I've kind of wrapped my head around, like, I don't think the victory in life is like winning everything and getting exactly what I want, but it's like, being victorious in every day. So like, mm. not that, not that it always ends well, but that I'm like living each day well. Mm. And so it helps me just, I don't know, feel, did I forget your question? No, this is great. <laughs> I don't even remember my question, but yeah. you're, you're just, I like what you're saying. Oh, my conversations with God. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. So my dad, when my dad got his second diagnosis and um, he was so sick at the beginning, like I remember crying to him and being really upset. And then a year into it, like my dad has walked this trial, like, so he's just so godly and he's so loving and he has been in horrible pain and like miserable and he never complains. And he never, like, he's always asking about how Jude is and, Oh, Carrie, you had a hard day. And I'm like, well, no, not compared to you. (laughs) But I just remember telling him like a year, a year into his diagnosis, I was like, dad, like I, I w- I've been so mad at God about Jude, but seeing how you've reacted to your cancer and how, I don't know, like he's using it as a testimony and he's mm-hmm. so like excited to like have this testimony to tell people. And, um, I was like, you've, you've changed my view on God. Like you've made me like want to be with him more mm-hmm. and want to talk to him more. And my dad was like, well, then it's all worth it. Like mm-hmm. if if getting cancer was supposed to do that, then it's all worth it. It rips my heart out. Yeah. I want to be like him, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting better. And I'm, I don't know. I know it's all ups and downs for all of life. And yes, I don't know. I feel, I feel like everything is super chaotic, but I feel at peace. Yeah. <laughs> it's all God. But yes. Do you, get to have time for you or not in this phase of life? I did. And then I got pregnant. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I was really good about like, um, working out a lot. And then I get up and have like quiet time in the morning um, and read my Bible or whatever. But since being pregnant, all I want to do is sleep. And so kind of in my alone time. (laughs) Yes. I am about to enter like a new stage of life and I can't even wrap my head around it because Jude's going to start kindergarten in the fall. So he'll be at school from seven to three every day. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So part of our thing was they said like the brain grows so quickly the first five years. We were like, all right, we got five years. We're going to do everything we can. Mm. And then once he starts, we'll pull back. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we're here. Wow. So. So he'll be in school full time and then Brielle will be in school two days a week, full days. 
Um, and then I'll have a little baby, but I'm like, oh, but they, you know, compared to the other two, I'm like, I'm sure that one will be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll be some sweet time for you and the third baby, little girl. That'll like, be sweet. Mom things, maybe like play dates or like yes. the zoo during the middle of the week. I'm on all these like group texts with my friends and they're like, we're going to the jumpy place. So we're going I'm like, I wonder what that would be like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So true, man. Yeah. Your, your experience has just been totally different than a lot of people's mm-hmm. with toddlers. So are you nervous about him going to school for him or you feel like it's going to be really good welcome change or both? I'm like equally nervous and equally excited. Part of my type A personality is, um, I like try to love people, like everyone in his life. I'm like, they will be my best friend and I will like love them and bring them presents and coffee and tacos. And, but then part of that too is um, I'm like, but I will get everything I want. And so the part <laughs> of saying that, like, it sounds weird, but like with special needs parents, um, a lot of them have to fight everything. Like everything in life is a fight. You're fighting insurance companies because they don't want to approve anything and they're trying to bill you like thousands and thousands of dollars for stuff and you're fighting the school system because they're not giving you everything your kid needs like your kid needs a walker and they're refusing or your kid needs services and they're refusing and Mm -hmm. it's exhausting so Mm -hmm. um so that's kind of one thing that as we've gone through this process I'm like people respond so much better to friendliness and like genuine kindness and so I've tried just to like be friends with everyone because then when you're like, Hey, um, I'm getting cussed out in the parking lot of the school because I'm trying to park in a handicapped spot and all these parents are taking it, you know, and I can't mm. find parking and I can't go anywhere. And the teachers come out and the principal comes out and then they've put in, like they've had the district install extra parking spaces because I requested it or mm, that's so um, good. Dude, yeah, it's good, but I'm also like, I'm slightly crazy, but like, you kind of <laughs> have to be. <laughs> so, yeah, you got to fight for your kiddos. Yeah, so with kindergarten, like one of the big things is um, most districts don't want to pay for a one-on-one aid. Okay. And so he's starting a new school and I'm like, no, you're going to give him an aid and you're going to give him all these services and this is how it's going to go, but we're going to be best friends. And yeah, so- yeah. Well, I'll bring you tacos, which I'm like, oh, you can tell she lives, she's from Austin because she mentioned bringing them tacos. Right? <laughs> it's a love language. <laughs> yeah. For the thing I miss most, there are a few things I miss the most about Texas because we live in Oklahoma right now and I'm from Texas yeah. is H-E-B. Uh, yeah. breakfast tacos and the roads are very smooth in Texas compared to here. Oh, weird. Like potholes? Yeah. Like just bumpy. Yeah. They're not great. And then oh. the highways in Texas are like dreamy, but see, it's something you would never know until you know. leave. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay. So the last question I ask every guest is if you could go back in time five or 10 years and tell yourself one thing, what would it be? I think for me, it would be Like, it's not all about you. I think that would save me so much heartache because like with Jude's diagnosis, I'm like, but I wanted to be able to, you know, take my kids hiking and have both of them be able to walk instead of carrying my five-year-old. And I wanted to, but it's like all about me. Like, I feel like so many of my, my heartaches and my ideas of what I wanted life to be like, were we're just um, making everything about me. And I think in life, like everything goes a lot smoother and it's more God-centered, too, if you're trying to love everyone else and you feel better in the process, too, you know? Yeah. Well, and it's, like, true of parenting, too, in general. Like, I remember somebody mm-hmm. said on this podcast was, like, your kids are not here to, like, make you feel better or look better. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. There's something about having kids that makes you realize, like, that 
the world doesn't revolve around you and nor like should it you know right yeah oh the more you try to make it about yourself like the more miserable you are because then you're like oh man you know like I really wanted this perfect day and this perfect thing to happen and this perfect and basically like nothing is perfect in life so yeah right and uh, like this is a tangent but Derek and I have even talked recently about because our kids are in they're two and three we have two little boys two and three years old and they Uh, they're they're fun but they're like in a phase where they're just wanting to disobey a lot and we're Mm -hmm. like so annoyed and so we're like you know like what are we correcting them for are they actually doing something wrong or are they just like annoying us you know like making like is it because we're not getting what we want and so we're annoyed and so we're gonna tell them no or is it actually like wrong you know like yeah to not be parent-centered parenting we have to like kind of let go of our comfortabilities and desires to like serve our kids yes no I totally agree with that I have noticed like I'm a way better mom if I hide my phone like when we're at the house because otherwise like if I'm I'm, like I'm trying to text someone and my daughter's like singing right in my ear like this really pretty song that she just made up at the top of her lungs and I'm like oh my gosh if you do not stop talking but like if I'm not on my phone and I'm not trying to do stuff just for me I don't mind it yeah you you can like enjoy them it's yeah it usually is Mm -hmm. when I'm trying to do something that I'm like will you shut up yes (laughs) I was trying to say it nicer but I'm like oh my gosh oh we do (laughs) but in my head it's for sure that (laughs) To them, I'm like, okay, that's enough. Um, do you feel yeah. like as a mom, do you feel like you've had like, I feel like sometimes with Jude, I'm like, this poor kid, like, I think he absorbed like half my sensory issues because I'll like, Jude <laughs> loves his like um, musical bells and he'll sit in my little playroom and hold him and just slam him on the floor over and over for like 30 minutes. And I'm like, that's kind of annoying, whatever. <laughs> and then Brielle will start like falling around and singing and singing and singing. And Levi gets home and turns on ESPN and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm leaving everyone. <laughs> Can everyone shut up? Yes, there's so much noise. Oh, so I, yes. I like that pre-kids, do you get like that at all? Oh, yeah. And I used to love my music loud in the car and everything, but now I find myself being like, if I don't have my kids with me for a minute, I'm like, I'm just going to not listen to anything, <laughs> not have any noise in my ear. <laughs> it's all those moms that get home at the end of the day and their kids go inside and you're like, I'm just going to sit in the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Kara, for sharing your story with us. And I can't wait for your new baby to get here so soon. Okay, so I want to let you know about a cool way that you all can help this podcast to keep going. Patreon is a place where you can become a patron of the arts, so to speak, and pledge a certain dollar amount for each episode I release. So right now, I release an episode every other week. So if you pledge $1 per episode, that's $2 a month to help this podcast keep going. And if I don't release an episode, you don't pay anything. You can set a monthly max so that you're never going to go over your budget. But it's just a way to help make this podcast happen without having to run ads right away. Uh, Right now, I'm planning to release through episode 24, and then I'll take a break and reevaluate if this is still where I need to be spending time. And then hopefully I'll jump back in and bring you guys another eight episodes later on in the year. So if you want to help support this podcast on Patreon and help spread stories from a bunch of other women, then go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash headed someplace. I'll also have links to all of this on my website at headedsomeplace.com. 
where you can see the episode show notes, see the video of Jude walking, and there's also some extra Q&A with Kara over there at headedsomeplace.com. Special thanks today for music from thelightparademusic.com and the episode show notes written by Moriah Ross. Thank you for listening, and I hope today you feel a little less alone and a little more encouraged.